And now, live, it's time. Which team, by colors alone, is identifiable around the world? It's time for the JT the Brick Show. Which team, by slogan, commitment to excellence? On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Just win, baby. All those things are the Raiders. Here's your host, JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you as we kick off a big week on Raider Nation Radio on this fantastic Monday Weather is absolutely gorgeous. March is coming to an end, and we have March Madness right after the show. We got basketball today on Monday. Oregon State, the 12th seed against Houston. Uh, That game's on at 4.15 Pacific time, and then the late game, right before I go on the air on my other show, Arkansas, the three seed, Baylor, the one seed. So March Madness tonight. Hope everybody's having a great weekend. We're brought to you by PTs, 64-plus locations in the Valley. Excited for all of them being open, people coming together as Vegas opens up for sports, gaming, food, beverages, the Vegas Golden Knights, and a great place to watch the draft as it's coming right around the corner. Head on out to PTs, the best happy hour in town, by far, 5 to 7, midnight to 2. And that's what we're going to do here. For most of the next month is we're going to be talking about the NFL draft. Every show, every day, we're going balls out on what the Raiders need to do with their first pick, number 17th overall. I have no idea what they're going to do with their second, third, fourth, fifth. I could care less now. I hope they do the right thing. I care about their first-round pick. And there's a lot of news coming off what the 49ers did uh, over the weekend by trading up for the number three pick in the draft. And the Niners clearly dropped the gauntlet saying that they're going after their quarterback of the future. And they're going to get their quarterback of the future. And I give the Niners a lot of credit. They're very aggressive at that position. They have Jimmy Garoppolo, who's a good quarterback. I wouldn't call him great, but he's very good when healthy. And a lot of times he's gotten injured, and I don't think he's a China doll. I don't think he gets hurt because he pulls a hamstring. He gets suffers big injuries, and now he's completely healthy coming back and the Niners don't want him. The Niners don't want him as their franchise quarterback because they believe they can get better. And that's really unique for us here because the Battle of the Bay, and when the Raiders were in the Bay Area, it was Raiders-Niners all the time on local radio, something I'm very accustomed to up north. And both of the teams have had iconic quarterbacks over the years. For Joe Montana and Steve Young, to Daryl LaMonica, to the great Tom Flores going into the Hall of Fame, Rich Gannon, the Snake, Ken Stabler. And really, if you look at the history of these franchises, Jim Plunkett winning two Super Bowls, the quarterbacks have been the backstory for the Raiders and the 49ers. And the 49ers are basically saying that we don't have our guy, and this, this draft is so loaded that we have to go get our quarterback of the future now. And I give them credit for that. And it's incredible that it ties into the Raiders because there are still some Raider fans, and happy birthday to Derek Carr yesterday. Derek Carr's birthday was yesterday. Derek Carr is 30 years old. And I look at Derek differently at the age of 30 now than I would have when he was 26, 25, 27 because I think 30 years old for Derek is perfect. It's still the beginning of his prime because of his health, his smarts, his ability, and the fact that quarterbacks are playing older now. Tom Brady at 43, Drew Brees to 41, Phillip Rivers to the playoffs late in his career, 
So I think that Derek Carr is not in the middle of his prime. He's in the beginning of his prime. And I think the next five years for Derek, from the age of 30 to 35, have to be his iconic years. Not Pro Bowl years. they got to be his playoff-winning years in Las Vegas, and it's go time right now. And we all know that. So the Raiders are a team that when you look at the Niners, if the Raiders wanted to do a blockbuster deal and trade up, say they decided they did the same thing, right? They traded up to number three. You knew that the Raiders would want their future quarterback. It would either be Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, or Trey Lance. And if the Raiders did that, it would have been like an internet nuclear bomb exploded on Las Vegas. Everybody would go crazy. But um, I'm suggesting that's not happening today in the Bay Area in Santa Clara with the 49ers. The 49ers were recently in the Super Bowl, and they didn't win. And you could say because of the quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo had a late lead in the fourth quarter, and he couldn't hold on to the lead. He missed a couple of big throws. And right at that moment, during that Super Bowl, I think that Kyle Shanahan said, I'm out. And I don't know if he should have said he's out. Because Jimmy Garoppolo won the NFC Championship game, mostly by running the football against Aaron Rodgers. He beat Kirk Cousins. He's played better than the quarterback situation in the entire NFC East with Dak Prescott being hurt, the Giants with Daniel Jones. Washington's football team has Ryan Fitzpatrick now. And the rest of the league would love a Jimmy Garoppolo unless you want one of these young studs. And that's our conversation today. Because I got great news. I got fantastic news for the entire Raider Nation. I'm a simple guy. I don't even think I took math in college. I might be one of the only human beings that never took math in college. But I'm pretty good with elementary math. My sons laugh at me when they bring me an algebra question and they just laugh. Go, Dad, look at this. And I look at it and I go, whoa, what is that? What language is that written in? But I did a lot of math over the weekend subtracting from the number 17 where the Raiders pick in the first round. So follow me. With the 49ers move, and I'm going to get into this next hour, also Larry Kruger joins us from KMBR in San Francisco. He has the same role I have with the Raiders. He hosts their pre- and post game for the 49ers, knows the team as good as anybody. He'll talk about this. So there's going to be five quarterbacks taken in the first eight picks. Fact, not fiction. Done deal. That's good. We take 17 and subtract 5. Okay? So when you do that and you get to 12, you go, wow, the Raiders only have to pick from 12 players left. No, no, no. I got better news from you. There's other players that are going to be taken. I'll give you another 5. I just named 5 quarterbacks. Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, Trey Lance. They're all going early. Then Kyle Pitts, the Florida tight end, who's probably got more upside than Waller. I'm serious. Coming out of college, I mean, this guy is a can't-miss, but I'll take Darren Waller, the pro bowler. Okay, he's going to go. And then you have the wide receivers that are definitely going before the Raiders pick at 17. That would consist of Jamar Chase from LSU, Jalen Waddell from Alabama, and Devontae Smith from Alabama. So I just named five quarterbacks and four pass catchers. That adds up to nine. So take away 17. You got 17. Take away nine. Now Penny Sewell, the Oregon offensive lineman, could go number one overall in any draft. 
he's going to go probably in between these quarterbacks, so I just named it 10 players. So it hit me like an epiphany. I said to myself, oh, my God, all Mayock has to do is figure out with Gruden and Gruden and Mayock who are the seven best players available. The Raiders are not going to get Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Devontae Smith, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, and Kyle Pitts, or Penny Sewell. So take all of those players off the board with me, and now there's seven left. And I think Patrick Sertain from Alabama will be gone. And then it starts to get to my guy, Micah Parsons, the Penn State linebacker, who I think might be gone, but I'll get back to him in a moment. And then the offensive lineman and the tackles, Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern. Uh, Vera Tucker from USC. He's a fantastic player. And then Christian Darashaw from Virginia Tech. These are all offensive linemen that the Raiders could take for the right tackle position and find a way to get their player with the first round. I would not like to see that happen because I think the Raiders should avoid taking a tackle with the first pick overall because it's the NFL and it's very rare that a right tackle is going to come in and be a stud in this league as a rookie. I like guys who are veterans who played in the league and you got film on them. Then I flip my page over to the defensive side and I see the edge rushers that could be there for the Raiders at 17. Quiddy Pay out of Michigan. Jason Oway out of Penn State. Jalen Phillips from Miami. Or Gregory Rousseau out of Miami. So here's the big hook for the monologue as we open up the show. If the Niners went up from 12 to 3 to get a quarterback of the future, should the Raiders move from 17 up to 11 13, 14, to get the player that they want, the explosive player. Because the Niners just went after an explosive player at number three. The Niners are better than the Raiders. The Niners have a better roster than the Las Vegas Raiders. They recently went to the Super Bowl, and John Lynch just went balls out to get aggressive and go get a quarterback of the future. Not another wide receiver, not another offensive lineman, not another defensive edge rusher. They're giving up draft equity to get a quarterback of the future, something that some Raider fans would like to do. The Raiders weren't able to get some pretty good quarterbacks, right? They weren't able to go up, and it wouldn't take much to do it, but they had Derek Carr, and I could live with that, and I'm comfortable with that. But a lot of Raider fans that I talk to want their quarterback of the future. Because you didn't get Lamar Jackson. You didn't get Patrick Mahomes. You're not getting Trevor Lawrence. You're not getting all these players. And the Niners, who have Garoppolo, who went to a Super Bowl and has won playoff game, something Derek Carr hasn't done yet, they're going to get the replacement, the absolute replacement of Jimmy Garoppolo. How balls out is that? How incredible is that for the 49ers? The Niners saw their vision in the draft and their pouncing, and they did it while everybody was, I wouldn't say asleep at the wheel, but no one was really making trades going into this weekend, and the Niners decided to do something bold. So my call to action to you as we open up the show today is the Niners doing that move and the fact, <clears throat> excuse me, the fact that most Raider fans have a problem with the Niners Right, Most Raider fans I talk to, from the black hole to the back end of the tailgate, have a real deep problem with the Niners. What does this Niner move do to get one of these quarterbacks to you 
the Raider Nation when it comes to the draft. Because with the Niners making a move, if that don't wake your ass up right now on Raider Nation Radio and get you going with me on the Raider draft pick and the philosophy of the Raiders, I got nothing. Because the Niners came over the bow and they dunked on the Raiders and they dunked on everybody, the Eagles. They dunked on Carolina and they said, hello, we're here. We're probably better than you and we just did something bolder than you. So that's fine. Some teams trade up in the draft and it implodes on them. And for the Niners, for the Niners, they see something that a lot of other teams didn't see. They knew that they had to get one of these quarterbacks. Now, the big thing, and I'll ask Larry Kruger about it a little bit later in the show, is who do they get? Because the only downside for the Niners is if the Niners really want Zach Wilson from BYU and he goes to the Jets at number two, then the Niners are going to have to take the next best guy. But I'm sensing that the Niners are pretty cool with at least two or three quarterbacks. Mac Jones is the big buzz right now for the Kyle Shanahan system. Trey Lance could be a really good pick for them. They're not going to get Trevor Lawrence, and I've always thought it was going to be Justin Fields who was going to go early. So this is what I wanted to get into. I want to start our draft coverage, which is really important to me. That's one of the things I think I do best on Raider Nation Radio. We'll have the best draft insiders on. We'll talk to the national people. We'll talk to the people. We'll get Mike Mayock on. We'll get John Gruden on, and they're not going to give us anything on the 17th pick nothing nor should they but we'll talk to everybody else and we'll put your phone calls on the air and again what i have to do is i have to make sure that we don't waste people's time with the 47th pick or the 50th pick or trading up to 30 i don't care about that i don't care about the next pick because if i do we do bad radio i don't care who the raiders take in the second or third round because we have no idea who's it going to be I think those mock drafts that go three or four rounds are ridiculous. I think people that try to pick who the Raiders are going to get in the sixth round is a waste of time. I do two radio shows. I can't waste my day trying to tell you who the Raiders are going to get in the fourth round. I could care less. Tell me when they pick the player. I'll read the bio. I'll find out if you like it, if I like it, and then I'll react to it. I'm not going to sit here and guess. But I'm definitely going to go balls out on the 17th pick overall. Because we need that pick to be great. And there's two things that I think could happen. Number one, they could get the offensive tackle because there's a lot of good offensive tackles. So if they do that, you know, I'm not going to blow a gasket and walk out like my opinion counts and throw a bottle up against the wall. If they get the tackle in the first round and they think he's a starter, John Gruden pulled that off with Colt Miller. Seemed like it worked out pretty good. So that was solid. If they get a defensive player, I want it to be the player that I've been talking about, Micah Parsons, the linebacker out of Penn State. I told you I'm done with this team not having linebackers. It's too critical to what the history of this franchise has been successful with, and they haven't done it forever. And they pass on it every time. I think it's lunacy. So I want to see him get an edge rusher. I told you they were going to get Yannick Ngakwe. That was the guy I told you for for a year they'd get. And now I look at everything they've done on the defensive line, and I still believe they need another edge rusher who's young, who's more of a linebacker than a defensive end. Because I'm sold on Max Crosby. For now, I'm sold on Cleveland Farrell because they took him number four overall. 
So you got to stick with him. His salary's protected. He's a young player. He's got a big, strong body. He's a good leader. And Yannick Ngakwe, Cleland Farrell, and Max Crosby are probably not going anywhere. They brought in Solomon Thomas. They a happy birthday today to Jonathan Hankins. David Irving, who we had on a couple of weeks ago, who is a bad man. He seems like he's going to be playing. They signed Matt Dickerson, Quentin Jefferson, Darius Phylon. They brought in Kendall Vickers. When you look at Arden Key, Nassib and what they want to do, I think this team is pretty much set on the defensive line. I think they're going to draft a defensive tackle, and they could do that in the first round, but I think they'll get a defensive tackle a little bit later on in the draft. I don't like anything they have at the safety position other than Jonathan Abram, but he's got to have a hell of an offseason. And with the ability to have Trayvon Mullen, Damon Arnett, I am not a big fan of Nevin Lawson. Isaiah Johnson's flashed on one play. Nixon, Robertson, and Daryl Worley don't get it done for me. So they got to get a corner, and I hope they get another veteran there. At receiver, I don't think Gruden's going to go take Jalen Waddell or Devontae Smith if one of those guys drop because the Raiders have Ruggs, Renfro, Edwards, John Brown, Willie Sneed, who could be a breakout player again, Zay Jones. And they have Darren Waller, Derek Carrier, and Foster Moreau at the tight end position, along with Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake, Theo Riddick, and Jalen for now. When you look at what they have at the running back position, they're loaded. They're absolutely loaded at running back. They got too many running backs. So Gruden's going to have to spread these running backs out because they got tons. They got tons of depth at the running back position. That running back room door is locked and closed. You can't add another running back unless it's a late-round draft pick and some kid that drops. And they're set at quarterback for now if they don't trade Mariota with Carr, Mariota, and Peterman. So that's where I stand on this. I want to know from you Raider fans right out of the gate. I should not have to wait this long to hear from you, man. It's Monday. Wake up and let's roll. Did the Niners do something at number three that woke you up? Did the Niners trading up to number three alarm you about how quickly this draft is going to move and how quickly the quarterbacks are going to be gone and it's important that the Raiders get their guy? Look, if the Niners moving up did not move you, and that was not a big deal to you, and you're cool with it, fine. But I think the Niners moving up really sent a shockwave to me over the weekend where people have to be saying to themselves, man, Niners, whoa, Miami, whoa, Philadelphia moving back and building their first-round draft picks for next year. Look at all this that's happening. What the hell are the Raiders going to do? So, again, I'm not looking for the exact player today. But what I'm looking for from you has had the Niners move alarmed you enough that the Raiders might have to get off of 17 and move up to get their player. I look at it differently. I find this is a really big positive. I think because all the quarterbacks are going to go early instead of, you know, a couple of quarterbacks going in the first three picks and then another quarterback going at 18. Remember, Lamar Jackson went with the last pick in the first round. Right? So Trey, Lamar Jackson's better than Mac Jones and Trey Lance and Justin Fields. And he went with the last pick in the first round. And now all these quarterbacks are going to go before the Raiders. I think that's a positive because that means all the defensive players and the offensive tackles 
that the entire Raider Nation, what we all want, are going to be available. So when we get to the eighth pick in the draft, if you're a Raider fan, you're going to be sitting back going, wow, the Raiders are going to pick at number 17. We're at number nine, and there's a whole bunch of really good players left. The Raiders are going to get a really good player because all the quarterbacks are going to be taken early. If the quarterbacks weren't taken early, I'd be really concerned about who was going to be left at 17. So we all got to get on the same page and get behind this and think that with all the quarterbacks going first, this has got to really benefit Mayock at the linebacker position, right tackle position, and edge rush position. So there's going to be several of those players who are really good who are ready to roll. That makes me optimistic, especially after everything that the Raiders did on defense. And I didn't love all of it, but I love the Yannick Ngakwe move. I love David Irving coming back. And I think that one of these other players are going to flash and hopefully make the team and do something special here. And Solomon Thomas has got to be that guy if he can do that. And I think what the Raiders did at receiver with John Brown and Willie Sneed, along with Renthro, Edwards, and Ruggs, gives the Raiders, with Kenyon Drake at running back and Josh Jacobs and Alec Ingold in front of them at fullback, a really good offense, man. I mean, this offense, if the ball comes out quickly, and I get it. No, it's no Rodney Hudson. We get it. Gabe Jackson is gone. But you got to buy into the fact that they found their center with Andre James, or at least be appreciative of the, that they're high on him. They brought in Nick Martin to either back up or start early. And with the guys they brought back, if Derek can get the ball out early and he can beat the pass rush, man, the Raiders are going to be explosive. Wow. What Gruden can do, putting these receivers in motion, having Waller run these routes like a receiver, having undersized fast receivers and big receivers over the top, I think the Raiders' offense is better than it was last year. And I know that's hard to say because they lost Aguilar, and Aguilar played at a very high level. But I think between John Brown and Willie Sneed and the, and the ability of Ruggs and Renfro to have a really big season, I think those guys are going to be able to step up and do something special. So let's get going, 702-365-9200. It's going to be a busy night tonight with college basketball. Looking forward to those games. And a little bit later on in the show, we'll try to figure out what's going on with Deshaun Watson and these potential lawsuits lining up. There are 20 women, 20 masseuses saying that uh, he behaved poorly. Something happened along the way. The recent lawsuit accuses Deshaun Watson of deleting his Instagram messages, contacting women in an attempt to settle the cases. So that's what's happening today. Three new lawsuits accusing Deshaun Watson of sexual assault and inappropriate conduct were filed late last night, Sunday night, including one that claims the quarterback is deleting everything on Instagram and his messages, which... I'm not really great with technology, but I'm pretty sure that they could go back and find those deleted messages. And if he admitted to any of these wrongdoings, it's going to affect this. It's going to affect the draft and everything else that's happening along the way. 
702-365-9200 as we get going. A busy show, a really unique guest. Once a Raider, always a Raider. Coming up, we're going to talk to Mark Pattison, who is looking to climb another summit. And he's on his way. I think tomorrow he's leaving to Kathmandu as he gets ready to scale Mount Everest. It's a really cool story. We talked to Mark about once or twice a year. His number came up today, which we're excited about. We'll get on the phone with him coming up here in a few minutes. Larry Kruger joins us from KMBR in San Francisco. Also, my good play-by-play voice, Roxy Bernstein, uh, joins us a little bit later on in the show to talk about the Pac-12 and the run that they're making. Also exciting news on everything that's happening in Vegas with the 17th game. I want to get into that and the ability for the Raiders to have an extra home game this year, which everybody should be thrilled about with that stadium. Wow, are you kidding me? An extra home game? That sounds great by me. So we're ready to roll. Hopefully we hear from you. We're not a podcast. We're a live call-in show. And Raider fans should be highly motivated after what the Niners did. And I'm going to use the Niners as a backdrop today to show my vision of what the Raiders can do via the draft coming up in a month right here on Raider Nation Radio. Garofalo back. He's chased out. He's going to roll to his right and look to throw. He throws for the end zone. Caught by George Kittle. Right on the goal line. Touchdown! San Francisco! They have the lead back. Sorry about that, but that's the only Garoppolo touchdowns we have. Uh, Niners Radio, as we open it up, JT with you. And I want to thank my friends at the Virgin Hotels. I had a nice staycation, spent three nights down there for their global grand opening, the former Hard Rock. I want to thank Richard Boz Bosworth and their entire staff, everybody who made us feel at home. And what a couple of nights. I was blown away by it. You know, I started in Vegas at the Hard Rock when they shut down the Hard Rock and they were going with Virgin Hotels. Like many people, I wondered why. Why would they get out of the brand of the Hard Rock? They moved on from that with the legacy of Boz running great properties all over and having the expertise of a team behind him and all the partnerships from Mohegan Sun to what we saw with some of the gaming apps that I saw that were going to be broken in and, and, and being coming to this community in the next couple of months. The great restaurants. Wow, one steakhouse, one of the best meals I've ever had, ever had, and it was during a grand opening when usually there's chaos, no boo. The great lawn outside. Everything was fantastic, so... Really cool time. Really appreciated it. Spent a couple of nights in a hotel in Vegas, which I typically don't do, other than a fight weekend when I get a hotel thrown to me. So my wife and I had a lot of fun. It was really cool to be there. And we did the show there on Friday and really enjoyed that. So everybody who I had a chance to see, there were some cool people who showed up all weekend long. A lot of unique celebrities. There were a lot of unique celebrities, reality stars, the current Bachelor, a lot of other people have, from the Real Housewives. If you were a fan of the Real Housewives, uh, you would have had a big weekend down there and some athletes and just a lot of fun. So it was a good time, felt really good about it, and now good to be back on track with what should be 
a really busy week all week long as we get you ready for the draft. And we talk about what the Raiders need to do. I look at it a little bit differently. I think the Raiders are going to be in a great situation with all these quarterbacks going first because that means there are more opportunities for the Raiders to get their players after all the quarterbacks go on the board. Great to catch up with Mark Patterson again. He's getting ready for an amazing moment in his life, and he's kind enough to give us a few minutes, the former wide receiver from the Silver and Black. And, Mark, I saw your amazing sunset that you tweeted out four hours ago uh-huh. before you head for Katmandu. Thanks for coming on Raider Nation Radio. How are you, my friend? Hey, I'm doing great, JT. Thank you so much for having me. And, yeah, I did come out of uh, the mountains in, in Sun Valley, Idaho, and down to the beach to get some fresh air. Tell me where you are in your training, your preparation for the climb. Tell everybody who's not familiar with what you're about to do how big this challenge is. It's a monster challenge, you know. Um, I was, I was uh, well, actually, if we go back about, you know, eight, nine years, um, I set out many years ago to become the first NFL player to ever climb the seven summits. The seven summits are the seven highest peaks on each continent. I've done six out of the seven. And then last year, uh, like a lot of people, um, I was set to go to Mount Everest and finish, you know, number seven, and the whole world blew up due to COVID. And so essentially I've been training for two years now, hardcore, twice a day. I live in Sun Valley, Idaho, uh, train, do CrossFit in the morning, and then usually run up the mountain um, every night. And, um, you know, so it's been it's been an amazing experience, and, you know, sure, I was disappointed last year, but, but now, you know, where I sit, it actually turned out to be a great opportunity. Yeah, I'm, I'm Mark Patterson's our guest. I want to ask you, is that something that maybe in the long run benefited you? You were obviously ready when we talked last year, but now having the extra, extra preparation for Everest, what have you learned about this journey? Well, a lot of things. You know, number one, I'm bigger, faster, stronger. I'm, hopefully I'm smarter. I, I study YouTube uh, videos on Everest um, like I used to study opponents, you know, before we we're going to play. That's number one. Number two, it gave me another opportunity to raise more money um, for my uh, – it's not for her directly, but my daughter who has epilepsy. Um, I partner with a foundation called Higher Ground, and we've raised over $50,000. And I'll add that the Raiders – the Las Vegas Raiders also donated to that great cause called Amelia's Everest, the Lochi Challenge. Um, mm-hmm. And the NFL has a social grant, and they also donated. So very blessed around that. And at the end of the day, um, uh, something that just recently fell into my lap, the NFL um, has decided to do a film, a documentary on this whole journey. And so they flew out to Sun Valley uh, about 14 days ago, and they've been filming and that's been quite the experience. They also interviewed Jim Mora Jr., uh, who I train with quite a bit. And there's, I think, the most uh, prominent uh, mountaineer, American mountaineer that we have, a guy named Ed Beaster. So they also interviewed him. Mark Patterson's our guest about to climb Mount Everest. And tell me about when you dream at night and close your eyes about the challenge of this summit and what's going to be different for you. Because early on, and I've seen documentaries on this, and we've talked about the positives of doing something that is so dangerous. What is the part of your ascent that concerns you most, especially this time of year? I have no idea what the weather is like and the challenges in this month compared to other times of year. Yeah, there's a lot of things there. Well, you know, you talked about what, what did I see as, you know, the opportunity when the world shut down and I got bigger, faster, stronger. I also did something 
that no, well, actually, I'll be the oldest guy, but I'm going to actually pull this thing off, the first NFL player to do it, and the oldest guy to do it, and that is not only climb Mount Everest, which is the highest mountain in the world, we all know that, but come back down to the death zone at 26,000 feet where I'll have a tent, climb in there for a couple of hours, and then go up the other side, Lhotse, which is the fourth highest mountain in the world. And so to do that all within 24 hours is going to be a monster challenge. You know, when you get in those types of environments, super harsh, um, very cold, minus 40, all those things, uh, you really have to figure out a way to keep your mind in the game because most accidents uh, occur coming down the mountain. You're so fatigued. You've been climbing all night long, and now you've got to, like, gather the, the, the strength, especially on Lhotse. Um, you know, I'll be up all night for a second night in a row, um, and you got to come down a very, very probably 45-degree uh, steep uh, ice wall. And um, you just got to make sure that, that you got everything together in order to pull that off. Mark Patterson joins us at Mark Patterson NFL. Follow him on Twitter. Follow this journey. Uh, let's talk more about when you get there. So what is the flight like? What is it like to get your body and mind ready to the time zone? The village. I always see the villagers around that community of Everest and how they're so positive and the Zen they have to want you want to make you have a victory, a victory of a lifetime. Tell me about that part of the journey. Um, well, I think the first thing that if we, if we kind of back into it, uh, to your question, um, I it was actually just uh, right before you called me, uh, Steve Berline, Raider great had uh, buzzed me up to wish me good wishes. And he goes, he thought I was coming back in a week or two. <laughs> You know, well, let's have a beer and celebrate. And I go, listen, I'm not going to be back until June. And he's like, what the hell are you doing until June? And and there's a couple things. Number one, when you land in Kathmandu, uh, which is the capital city there in, in Nepal, um, we'll hang out for a few days, and then we'll we'll begin the trek uh, around the 7th of April. Um, we're going from 7,500 feet, and, and we have to climb. It's really a trek, not a climb, but trek about 40 miles, up to 17,500 feet. So from, from, for those people that are familiar with the great state of Washington, Mount Rainier, it's 3,000 feet higher than that mountain, which is pretty tall. Mm-hmm. So I'll be living there for 30 days. And one of the reasons why I have to do that and why I'm on Mount Everest for such a long time is because right now there's a monsoon in the jet stream blowing um, around 200 miles per hour. And so you can't have safe passage to get up and get down safely. So for, for two weeks, roughly, it's not exact science, but for two weeks, during the spring, two weeks during the fall, this jet stream, this monsoon, this crazy weather lifts and allows, relatively speaking, safe passage so you can actually make an attempt to go. That crazy line, JT, that we saw a couple of years ago with all that backup, that turned out to be that the jet stream only or that the monsoon only rose for two days. And so everybody got summit fever and it was overcrowded to start with. And that's where you saw that big lineup. So this year I'm hoping... I'm told that there's 150 less people and that there'll be a much larger uh, weather window to actually go and pursue this. Mark Patterson's our guest as we wrap it up. Trying to become the first NFL player to climb the seven summits with Everest and Lotsey left, and he's embarking on his journey, and I cannot believe he made time for us because this is a moment in your life, and the wait, as we talked about COVID, was a really big deal, and I hope it's just going to help you and be such a, a pleasant experience because it's so difficult. Your mind as a 
motivational speaker and one of the better ones in the country. Have you been speaking about this more and more? Or are you waiting for the accomplishment first to get your head wrapped around the next stage of your career talking about this milestone? Yeah, well, you know, I work for Sports Illustrated, and in terms of, of public speaking, that whole world pretty much shut down, right? Yeah. Because that, you know, really means public gatherings and all those things, and we all know what happened with that. And so, you know, look, it, it, everything has a certain timing and a pace to it, and and I, I have to have a lot of things go right beyond just me being physically ready. Mother Nature has to play a big-ass role um, for me to actually grant me safe passage to get up and get down. Um, in the right way. I, I've been training crazy. I think I'm with the right guide. Um, but that's no different from having a great football team like the Raiders have been in the past, right? You have the great quarterback and offensive coordinator and line and wide receivers and defense and all those things. And everybody has to be, you know, rowing in the same direction for uh, something great to happen. And, and, and so I've got my fingers crossed. And some of this is skill and some of it certainly is luck. How can we follow your journey along the way? What's the best way to do it? Yeah, anybody can follow me. My my handle is Mark Patterson NFL. So you can go to my website. I think you mentioned it before, www.markpattersonnfl.com, or if you go to Instagram or one of those other Twitter, at Mark Patterson NFL, and you got it. Well, I'm wishing you nothing but the greatest blessings in life. What you're about to accomplish, and I know you're going to do it, will put you on a different platform from all the greats before you that are doing this and are climbers, and I know you're going to pull it off. And uh, I, I really thank you, Mark, for thinking of us. It timed out perfectly. Have a safe trip, and we'll be following the journey and giving updates here. I appreciate it. I really want to come back in June, and we need to have a follow-up to this conversation, okay? Can you promise me that? Not only will we do that, we'll have you in studio or we'll do it somewhere big, and we'll do it in the TV studio, or I'll make sure that the Raiders, and I'll ask them for that platform so we can do this in a really special place. And uh, I know you're going to do it, and my thoughts are with you. Good luck, Mark. Thank you. Thank you so much, JT. You got it. Mark Patterson. Wow. I mean, the guy's the guy's leaving tomorrow for Kathmandu, and he's calling in, and he's about to climb Mount Everest, and it's going to take him a long time to do it as he's going to be there for 30 days before the start to get his body accustomed to all this, the training that he's been going through, and the fact that he had to wait. Think of what we all had to wait for as we waited for COVID. What did we have to wait for? To get inside Allegiant Stadium, to wait to see our family, which is difficult. Imagine being a superior athlete like this, and you have one more summit to climb, and it's Mount Everest, and Lhotse on the other side, and it was pushed back. You age another year. You have to get your body ready again and then mentally prepare for this. Mark is an incredible public speaker, and that's why he's an executive with Sports Illustrated. And the fact that he's a Raider, this adds to his legacy, not only of an NFL player, but the first NFL player to climb seven summits. You know, there have been individuals who have climbed all seven, but no one in NFL history. So he's in a really cool spot. I pray for him because this is a unique, unique Really difficult situation that he is in. And we'll get to that. All right. Larry Kruger is kind enough to join us from KNBR in San Francisco. And I want to get to him. We got to get to our sponsors first. When we come back, we're going to get Larry in here. He just reached out to Bobby. So he's going to join us from KNBR on what the Niners are doing. Also, Roxy Bernstein next hour. So I'm excited. I think the Raider draft becomes our priority. 
And also when we come back, we'll get into this extra home game for the Raiders and what that'll mean for Allegiant Stadium, which I'm also very excited about. An exciting time to be on Raider Nation Radio, brought to you by Bell Solar, the best solar company in all of Southern Nevada. Kittle goes in motion. They give it to Mostert off the right side. Mostert going to pile down. He's in. Touchdown! San Francisco! Field great, baby! Niners radio on the call. Niners move up to number three. How does that affect the Raiders at number 17? We're talking NFL draft. Larry Kruger joins us. Same role I have for the Raiders. He's the pre- and post-game host for the 49ers and hosts the big sports talk show on KNBR in San Francisco. Larry, thanks for coming on and not exactly sure what the Niners want to do with that third pick. How do you see it? Well, you know, I think that they traded up to three because they think there are three quarterbacks that stand out in this group over the others. And I think you'll, you, they won't necessarily cop to that until the draft you know, comes and goes. But that's my belief. I think we all think Jacksonville is going to go number one with Trevor Lawrence. And then I think the Jets are going to go quarterback as well. They could go Penny Sewell, an offensive tackle, but I think they're going to go quarterback. And the question is, do they go with Zach Wilson, which is the wide speculation right now, or do they go with Trey Lance? And I thought, and I bring up that name, JT, because Lance's workout in Fargo was absolutely Josh Allen-esque, and he looked incredible. And, he, I mean, this guy's a power thrower. He's a great kid. I mean, the prospect-wise, I mean, he didn't play this year, and there's, he played FCS competition, and there's, there's going to be a transition period. But prospect-wise, I mean, he's a phenomenal prospect. So I just think – that uh, the Jets will take Wilson or Lance, and that the 49ers will just take whichever guy they don't take. Larry Kruger joins us. There's a lot of buzz on Mac Jones because there's some really good NFL insiders who think that's the type of player Kyle Shanahan would want, cerebral, in that system, a pro-style system. The only problem I have with that, and I'm buying into this, Larry, I think they're looking at Mac Jones. I don't think he's athletic enough. I think he's a great quarterback. I think Jimmy Garoppolo can make a lot of great throws, but just not as athletic as Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes and this Zach Wilson kid. So if they decide to go with Mac Jones, do you think he's athletic enough to hang with all these young studs in the league? No, I don't. I think his lack of athleticism is going to lead to injuries. Um, I watched all of Mac Jones this year, and you know I don't think he escapes the rush. It's really difficult to, to uh, handicap quarterbacks and then separate what's going on around them from them themselves. But, I mean, he stands back there untouched. He's throwing the first-round picks. He's standing behind a terrific line. He's rarely getting touched. When you look at the athletes that are in the NFL, this, and take a look at this upcoming draft, Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa is now a, basically a safety who's playing linebacker. Speed, speed, speed is the name of the game, and I just really think that you have to have to be a two-dimensional quarterback in the NFL – and, and most of the good ones, Mahomes, Allen, Lamar Jackson, Kyler, Russell Wilson, these guys, I mean, Brady's the exception, not the rule. You've got to have some movement ability, and I don't think Jones has it. I think eventually it will lead to him taking hits and him suffering injuries. 
Larry Kruger's our guest, KMBR in San Francisco, also 49ers pre and post. So this is interesting to me because how does Jimmy Garoppolo handle this? You know, in Vegas, I thought Mariota would be a great fit for Belichick. And then I thought the better, obviously the better fit would be Jimmy Garoppolo because Belichick worked with him and seems to like him a lot. How does Jimmy Garoppolo handle a year if John Lynch wants to keep him to mentor this new quarterback that they have and make another deep playoff run where Jimmy G is looking over his shoulder every time he throws a pick? Yeah, I don't think he does. I don't think he does. I think I think to have him there will invite the circus to town. And people will point to Alex Smith and say, well, look at Alex did for Mahomes. Totally different person. Totally different personality. Alex had exceptional mental maturity, incredible, and, and he was a little bit more accomplished in his career at that point um, in some ways than Jimmy. I think Jimmy, who waited for you know to play behind Brady, wants to play, and not only that, he wants to be the guy, and there are already whispers coming out today through a couple of the Niner beat writers that his, his camp's not happy, and why would they be? Why would they be? So I, the whole notion that he's going to be back here for another year, that's posturing for a trade. I really believe that. Will they... Will they, you know, will the league, uh, you know, call their bluff and and not offer them a trade on draft day and make them go to June first with the possibility of maybe cutting Garoppolo to create cap room? They can take the contract and afford it if they want. I just don't think they want the constant circus. And I, I you know, as soon as and then you know, there's 53 guys in the locker room. You play week one. All of a sudden, Jimmy plays well. Hey, is Jimmy? What do you think of Jimmy? Oh, he's great. He's our guy. And then all of a sudden, we're all parsing. You know, George Kittle's comments and what Debo said and how does the locker room feel and who's supporting Garoppolo and who's supporting the rookie. I mean, no freaking way is that happening. I cannot believe they would allow that to happen. I just believe it's posturing. Larry Kruger's our guest. Then the other, the follow-up has to be the Niners are loaded with some Super Bowl talent on that roster. I don't care who you bring in as a rookie. That rookie's not going to win. That rookie's going to struggle early. I don't think that rookie's going to go 13-3 and in the NFC West or add the other game, 13-4. and So you got to tell the whole team that you might take a step back to break in a rookie, say goodbye to Jimmy Garoppolo. How does that work out with the entire locker room, in your opinion? Well, that's a great question, too. I mean, if you say goodbye to Jimmy, who are you bringing in? You know, Alex Smith is a free agent. There was rumors the Niners had talked to Jacksonville about Gardner Minshew. You know, it really kind of depends who it is, JT. I mean, I really believe today that Zach Wilson is a better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo and would play better this year than Jimmy Garoppolo. I think I think if you really isolate Jimmy's play since the Super Bowl, he doesn't get away from the rush. The 2019 and the 2020 numbers really indicate it. He doesn't avoid the rush, takes a ton of hits, and he winds up hurt. And that's the cycle. So you're right, though. There's a lot of guys in that room that are going to be sitting there going, well, what the heck? If they go with Lance, if they go with Fields, if they go with you know one of these quarterbacks that may need a year, that complicates things. But if they go with Zach Wilson, I, I think Wilson can play right away. And I think he's going to play at a higher level than Jimmy right away, despite the fact he's a rookie. Larry Kruger, as we wrap it up. Larry, I want to ask you about Kyle Shanahan in the essence of historic coaches in the Bay Area and where he stands with the fans and the faithful up there, from Bill Walsh to Seifert to Mariucci, who we always talk to all the time, is and you cover this because you're the host of the pre and post game show. Where is he now? Because that team should have won the Super Bowl, but everyone knows what a wizard he is as an offensive play caller. You got Steve Kerr in the market now in the Bay Area. Bochi is going to go to the Hall of Fame with his three World Series. 
How are the fans with him? How much do they get along with him? And is he a guy that is really comfortable in his own skin going forward with this roster? I think the answer to the last question is absolutely he's comfortable in his own skin. I mean, he's a really, he's the same guy. Every day I've talked to him, every day I've known him, he's the same guy. So I think mm-hmm. he's a very, he knows who he is. Um, as far as the fans, you know, they want that sixth Lombardi, but they also understand that this is an offense that produces almost 30 points a game under Shanahan. And I think, you know, if they swung and missed trading up for C.J. Bethard, they swung and missed targeting Kirk Cousins instead of Watson and, and uh, Mahomes in the draft. So there's people that look at Shanahan and say, man, he's an awesome play caller. His offense works. It produces points and yards. But his evaluation skills are, are you know, to be determined. So I think this pick will go a great distance, and the success or failure of this pick will go a great distance to defining his, his tenure and how the fans feel about him here in the Bay. Last one, are you confident because San Francisco was a big COVID hotspot in the beginning, California with the governor, Los Angeles. If we're going to open up these stadiums, we have to have some positive momentum. It doesn't look great in Europe. It doesn't look great in some spots that there's some uprisings coming. I want to see these Bay Area football stadium, the football stadium, obviously for the 49ers full, and the arena in San Francisco where the Warriors play go from 30 to 40 to 50 to 100%. What's the vibe like up there on turning the corner? Well, I mean, you know, as you know, California's been been very, very circumspect in, in, in you know, loosening the restrictions that you're seeing loosened in other parts of the country. And you can argue that for good or bad, right? I mean, that's a political discussion. Um, as far as the fans, I think the fans are eager to get back. But, um, but I think there's a lot of people that are very kind of you know, so weary of, of what's out there and what the future brings. And I think you're going to see – I don't think it's going to be, you know, the first day and all of a sudden uh, the people are going to be, you know, packed in line. I think it's going to be – I think it's going to be a slow build. It's going to people are going to dip their toe in the water. They're going to see if it's safe. They're going to you know they're going to take the proper precautions and everything. If everything works out everywhere else, I, I don't think California is going to lead the the surge back as far as stadiums being full. I think it's going to I think it's going to trail behind. To be honest, I agree with you on that. Hey, hey my friend, good to talk to you. I, I thought about you as soon as this deal went down. I knew you'd be perfect to have on. Thanks for doing this. I really appreciate it. I hope to see you soon, either in Vegas or San Francisco. Thanks a lot. Keep it rolling, man. Always great to hear you. Thanks, Larry. Larry Kruger on what the Niners are doing, brought to you by Sam and Ash, because you deserve what's right. If you need a personal injury attorney, 702-820-1234. The People's Attorneys of Las Vegas, Nevada's very own. Go to SamAndAshLaw.com.